this conversation, to be honest. Because it's going to go crazy places. You just want me to keep recording this conversation. Okay. Why not? Yeah, all right. So, yeah, the Belarus girl. What's up with that? Well, so, Belarus is still a dictatorship. Um, like, the dude that's been the leader of Belarus has been the leader since the Soviet Union fell. Is this going to get us in trouble with our listeners in Belarus? Is this going to happen? I mean, do we have a lot of Belarusian listeners? I have no idea, honestly. Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know. We might we might already be banned in Belarus anyway. Um, we haven't exactly been very positive about Russia. If he's a dictator, yeah. if he's a dictator, we're probably not allowed to go there. Yeah, uh, I think... When we started making fun of uh, Michigan, I think that's when they started banning us. Wow. <laughs> I feel like all dictatorships secretly support Michigan in some weird form or fashion. That would make sense because of all the molestation stuff. <laughs> it's a pipeline. So yeah, the Belarusian president like has some beef with her, or she came. I, I I think it's just that like she is an activist. Or somewhat like vocal in her opposition to the leader. So I mean, it's 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 not great, but it's kind of you know to me more interesting. There was a Belarusian um, activist found hanging from a tree in Kiev last week. Not a good look. They also um, a couple months ago forced down a commercial airliner in order to arrest some Belarusian activist on the off the airplane like crashed it or like no no they just like i guess it's a jets up and like forced it to land good lord and okay i'm glad i'm glad that things suck not just in america uh, although is that connected I, I, to bobby bowden's death i don't think so uh so you know, by... unless, unless he was a, a belarusian activist which he might have been sure. he could have been I think he was a firm... I, I think he's just against dictatorships in general. So, yes, he was definitely targeted by the Belarusians. So, anyway, speaking of which... Hey, welcome, everybody, to the Toe Meets Leather podcast. We're two minutes in uh, to our Olympic conversation. Normally, we're a college football podcast, but since the Olympics wrapped up, we figured we'd uh, see where the conversation took us. Um, so, I guess before we continue with our Olympics closeout... Uh, do any of y'all have any words? Uh, Bobby Bowden passed this morning. Obviously, a legendary head coach uh, f- from FSU. I think he's. I don't even know where he is on the list anymore. Like, I think he's the second winningest head coach. I wasn't sure if he was second or third, but he's still up there. Um, I think he's second. Yeah. So he's he was around for a long time. Uh, obviously a big face in college football and a very beloved coach who, you know, we say that now and then something horrible will come out in a few years. But for I, 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 I'm pretty sure that Bobby Bowden never did anything wrong. He was just an upstanding guy who put a lot of effort into teaching his kids and uh, making a solid football program. So I guess uh, any – Andrew, do you got any additional thoughts? Uh, so- yeah, and – I think it's interesting because we're all too young to realize or kind of understand what Florida State was before Bobby Bowden. You know, like, we were all born mid to late 80s. He already kind of had them rolling. You know, like, I grew up an ACC fan, so I got pretty much used to Florida State kicking our ass every single year. You know, and, and it's just crazy to think, what he did at Florida State and what he turned them into 
from what they had previously been. You know, I think that we kind of get lost in that sometimes because we're so far away from it happening. Well, and because Florida State is kind of cratered. Yeah, and I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine, again, because Florida State's not there anymore, but he was kind of their Bear Bryant. In fact, it's kind of not a fair comparison because I view Bear Bryant as... <laughs> I hate saying this because my parents will disown me, but... Uh, you know, Bear Bryant wasn't as focused, I think, on the kids' academics or helping them progress as well, Bobby Bowden seemed to be, but I don't know. And Alabama also had a lot of strong history pre-Bryant. You know, Wallace Wade won national titles there. Like, Alabama had some history. Like, Florida State didn't have any. I mean, they were just kind of a middling, kind of also-ran program in the South. Yeah, you know, and he kind of came in. He, he, and um, Dennis Eric, was it Dennis Erickson? No, Howard Schellenberger at Miami, and a little later on, Steve Spurrier at Florida. I mean, those three guys. I mean, the way that they changed college football in the state of Florida is just incredible. Yeah, um, Artem, any thoughts? Uh, I, I didn't know him that well. The only reason I know his name at all is because Jimbo came to A&M, and so, you know, there's a lot of ties there. He brought him on as the offensive coordinator and essentially taught him how to be a winning coach uh, in a lot of ways. And, you know, he learned from Saban, then he learned from Bobby Bowden for many years and then took over the program for him when he retired. But, uh, you know, you hate to see it, but you love to see it kind of situation. Like, you hate to see that he's he's passed. Um but you love to see the fact that, you know, the people he's affected all really have come together, whether they're, you know, on the same side, they hate each other, whatever. It doesn't matter at this point. Um, they're all coming together to, you know, bring his condolences and just remember his time on Earth. Yeah, I mean, it's rough because I think, uh, I I don't know how, how he passed. I, I hope it was peacefully, but yeah, it's... It's rough whenever you lose kind of a amazing person like that who's had such an influence on so many people. But at the same time, he achieved pretty much the most I think a <laughs> the most I think a, most coaches could hope to pull off in their short time on the on this earth. He raised a bunch of great students, he won some championships, he performed fantastically led a lot of great games became a legend obviously in the uh hall of fame and uh yeah he's i think i i struggle to find anybody who said anything bad about him granted i'm not as on twitter as i used to be but i think people just genuinely like this guy and he put a lot of effort out there and uh came through as a coach so yeah i I don't know. I don't have anything else to say. Any last thoughts uh, from either of you? It just, it's still so crazy to me. So Florida State joined the ACC in 1992. And then it would go on to win eight straight conference titles. Like, they came into the ACC and just wrecked shop. Far cry from where they are now. But, yeah, that's... That's where Bobby was. And I think the other thing is he genuinely loved that program, too. It's uh, I, th- I think you struggle to find 
We've talked about this before with uh, other coaches where you struggle to find nowadays guys who stay with one program basically their entire career. But that was another thing that Bobby Bowden did. He basically hung in there with Florida State, and he never went anywhere else. And, yeah, like you said, he really made that program what it is. Um, Artem, any last thoughts before we get on to the actual cast? No, he's, uh, like you said, uh, one of the few who stay with their schools, which in, in today's world, uh, the fan patience is not there anymore. So it's rare to see. Yep. All right, fair enough. So uh, rest in peace, Bobby Bowden. Last of that serious note, and now we can get on to talking about Olympic Super Babies. So, uh, Andrew, what and, and how the U.S. won the most golds for the third straight Olympics and the most medals for the seventh, and China can suck it. Xi Jinping is a Winnie the Pooh-looking motherfucker. Can we talk about how Denmark had, like, the most success per population, I'm pretty sure? I know Japan did really, really well. Well, I mean, Which, I mean, makes sense if you're the host. I think what was Denmark's population's like 13 million or something? I don't remember, but yeah, they got like a huge amount of uh, uh, medals. I gotta Google this, right? I should have had the ca- medal count in front of me, but yeah, they had uh, they had 23 um, for Denmark. Yeah. Sorry, I was, and then, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, and there's a lot of good ones well, out I there. Mean, you know, I think it's cool, like, Taiwan had 22, which they're a pretty small country. Where? You know, Georgia, Georgia had 29. Oh, I see, because it's sorting by global. I don't know, eight, eight, sorry, I'm looking at the wrong column. Yeah, see, this is. got 11, I'm sorry. This is really, so cool. this is really throwing me off how they got all this set up, but anyway, yeah. No, I mean, United States dominated. What else is surprising? I'm actually kind of surprised has... I don't know what the ROC does exactly since the... I guess the Russian state's not allowed to sponsor them because they're still doing pretty good. But I I actually expected them to outperform Great Britain. And I don't know if they really achieved that. I mean, it they depends got, on the count you look at, because there's a total gold count and there's a total medal count. Yeah, I mean, they got the third most in total medals, so that's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, forever, you know, that was always the big competitor, which is the U.S. and the Soviet Union. And then um, you had in 1992, after the fall of the Soviet Union, what was called the Unified Team. It was basically just the Soviet Union. Yeah, my mom is always like, well, if you like Russia doesn't win in the, the medal, she'll be like, well, just go back and like add all the other countries up that used to be part of the USSR stuff. <laughs> she's like, she still does that. Wow. Um, kind of well, yeah, because like, okay, like, I mean, we're still looking at it. Ukraine had 19. Um, they also had like some really unique. Georgia, Georgia had 8. Kazakhstan had 8. Belarus had 7. Azerbaijan had 7. Uzbekistan had five. Yeah, like, all of those. I bet if you did add them all together. Um, I mean, they, the Soviet our, Union our, dominated for a while because you our, had yeah, so had many four. cultures that were uh, Kyrgyzstan you know, good at doing things. Yeah. Uh, La- Estonia with two. What is China, two. Chinese Taipei? Is that Hong Kong? It's Taiwan. Okay. Yeah, Hong Kong I'm is Hong Kong. they got 12. That's a, that's a huge amount. For yeah. 
Um, I have a feeling that this might be the last Olympics we see Hong Kong as an independent competitor. It's going to be tough, for sure. Which, I mean, this podcast is already banned in China anyway, so... Well, there's a whole lot of drama going on with that, so hopefully we won't be in World War Three. I mean, I would like to at least get through this football season without us going into World War Three. That'd be nice. Um, but yeah, I think I was more surprised by the number of, like, uh, unique golds going out. I think there was like the first Indian woman to get a gold. There was that uh, weightlifter from the Philippines. She was yeah. Um, Tunisia won one in swimming and diving in, in a swimming event. That was pretty cool. Belarus. We were just talking about them. They actually got three golds. Impressive. How did Ireland not get a single gold medal? Oh wait, no. They're not. They're not very good at sports. Oh no, wait. Sorry, I'm. I keep screwing up these columns. Okay, they didn't. They won two gold medals, but they didn't win any silver medals. Okay, so they actually did pretty good. Um. Yeah, Ireland's not great athletically. And then I think Fiji won its first gold medal for like seven on seven rugby or whatever. Which makes me kind of wonder why 7-on-7 seven seven American football isn't a thing, but, you know, what it is. <laughs> Mexico had a really rough game. They only won four bronze medals. I don't know. I I was very impressed by that uh, Philippine weightlifter. She, she, she's really intimidating, but I'm glad because she put in the work. I think was she, she didn't... She's been doing this for like 12 years, and she moved from not meddling to getting the bronze medal to getting the Philippines' first gold medal ever. That's really cool. So, yeah, I was I was very impressed by her. I don't know. You know, the crazy part is, is in February, we're going to have a Winter Olympics. Is that right? Yeah, oh, god yep. damn it. Wait, where is the Winter Olympics? Oh, it is in Beijing. Oh, I'm sure there will be no controversy whatsoever associated none, with that. None at all. Somehow, yeah, I I feel like we we not necessarily us as a podcast, but us as a nation might be banned from some, if not all, of those events. But they probably uh, just will choose to not attend. Yeah, there actually have been calls from a couple of countries to boycott the Beijing Olympics over China's treatment of the, their ethnic minorities and their treatment of Taiwan. Or, all Taiwan and their treatment of Hong Kong. Hong Kong, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's already, like, if you look it up, one of the top pictures for it is, like, the logo just crossed out, though, in red. Well, I do like, uh, speaking of... Speaking of Taiwan, that was another great one where Taiwan won gold. I forget what the event was, but Taiwan won gold in something, and China won silver. And I was like, "Damn, that's that's got to be brutal." Yeah, <laughs> I am. Oh my god, I am here for that. Uh, Taiwan number one, China. <laughs> I forget what the event. I actually, because I think that we should do everything in our power to piss off the Chinese. I think that we should refer to Taiwan by its official name, which is the Republic of China. Yeah, but why did they have to change their? Uh, why did they have to change their? There was uh, some some agreement made between the People's Republic of China and the International Olympic Committee, like thirty or forty years ago. Because oh no, I wasn't even asking about the name. I was going to ask about the uh, why did they have to change their flag? Because I loved how like. Same thing. Um, it all has 
has to do with, yeah, so due to pressure from the PRC since 1984, Taiwanese athletes have competed under the Chinese Taipei Olympic flag instead of the flag of the Republic of China. Okay, so that's interesting, well, but and I just... That's controversial. The Olympics after that is in South Korea. <laughs> is it really? There's... The 2024 Winter Olympics is in South Korea, yeah. No, the Summer Olympics you mean, right? Yeah. No, the twenty twenty the Summer Olympics are in Paris. Yeah. Oh, so then it would be the twenty twenty six Winter Olympics, right? I guess so. Okay. Yeah, this thing's wrong. Anyway, but yeah, uh, the medal was in badminton. I don't no, know. it's in Milan, in Italy, in twenty twenty six. Yeah, there's two things I'm looking at, and one says twenty twenty four, and one says is this a youth Winter Olympics? Yeah, it might. Paris. Might be the, they had a youth Olympics. There might also be the Paralympics. I don't know, man. I yeah. can't keep track. Because well, so. the 2028 Olympics are in LA. Is there going to be a snowboarding event where you, it's like the Great Wall of China and you like go down <laughs> the Great Wall of China as like a, a half pipe? Uh, that'd be kind of cool, but I doubt it. I would prefer it if they set up like one of those luge tracks down the Great Wall of China. I feel like that would you could get some serious speed. Um, oh, that does be pretty cool. But anyway, so yeah, the the one where Taiwan beat China was in badminton, and I love the look. On, you could look at both competitors' faces, and you're just like, "Wow, damn!" <laughs> and uh, I feel uh, I feel bad for whoever the third place team is because they're rocking some sweet tiger colored jackets. I don't I don't know. Uh, probably like Thailand or one of those uh, East Asian countries that are really really good at badminton. I guess so. Like I don't I I don't know who's good at badminton. I know it's not the United States. That's that's about all I know. I think it's I wonder if badminton's one of like the five sports we've never meddled in. Um but speaking of sports that the Americans are good at, uh <laughs> let's maybe get into what this podcast is all about. Uh so co- talking about college football. So Last week, or the last time we met, because we took a break, we talked about all the fun things that Andrew wanted to discuss about, you know, how the NIL is going to affect things, Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC, uh, and all this conference realignment drama. Now we get to talk about, I don't actually know if you care about this subject, now we get to talk about expanding the playoff. Uh Andrew, do you have any thoughts on the playoff expansion conversation in regard uh, in regards to the current political state of uh, <laughs> the NCAA? I guess. I mean, I, I think you're, we're going. Didn't they? Didn't they already vote on expansion? Like it's going to happen, or am I just making that up? You're making that up because okay. I think. Well, I think I think it's going to expand a because of the amount of money that you can make from it. Um, B, I think the SEC's total goal is to see if they can get half their conference in the playoff. Um, but I do think if you expand the playoff, I think you need to start doing auto bids. And you need to start need to say, all right, if you win your conference, you get an auto bid, and then everything else is at large. So, like, you take the SEC champion, the Big Ten, the ACC, the Pac-12, you know, the American, the MAC. You take all of those conference champions, they all get in, and then like the remainder of it is at-large teams. Well, and 
like you said, obviously, I think the SEC is going to be pushing hard for this. Now that they've got the expanded conference, they could potentially get more teams in there. And that might be actually what you're thinking of. They have not had a vote, but uh, Sankey, who is the uh, conference commissioner for the SEC, has been pushing really hard for an expanded playoff system because I can't imagine the extra kind of money they'd be bringing in if that gets through. Uh, Artem, so obviously the conference expansion happened regardless of our opinion. What are your thoughts on playoff expansion? Just inevitable? (laughs) Yeah, I think it's going to happen just like the Texas and OU move to the SEC. It's all about money. There's an article out there estimating that the current contract is worth like $600 million for the was it three games that are played? A 12-team playoff would be $1 billion. And that's just too much money to pass up. Um, it supposedly is coming up to a vote this month. Because there's a bunch of articles out here in June saying it's been delayed by two months. Um, and apparently the Rose Bowl is blocking the, the vote somehow. Yeah, that's the other question. What happens, do you think, with all these other bowl games that would normally be associated if the playoffs expand? Are we looking at a potential end to the bowl system as it as it is? I mean, it's like anything else, right? I think it'll be part of history. I think it'll be you'll, you'll show up at the stadium. It just it won't be the Rose Bowl. It'll be the playoff game, and it'll have the history of the Rose Bowl. So. Um, I think that tradition will still live on, and obviously the stadiums will continue, kind of like you know each college stadium right now hosts like a high school high school playoff or the high school championship every year, and they rotate it. It's going to be similar to that, where they can show that off, but it'll be more of a historic point than anything else. Okay, so you're not really worried about the potential loss of the uh, bowl system at all, though. Like, I guess it's just more of a history thing for you. Because, frankly, I would be concerned, and I think that's why a lot of bowl games are going to try and block this, is that they're going to be losing a lot of extra revenue and potentially their system at all. But I don't know about the finances of that either. And, Andrew, what are your thoughts? Well, I, um... Hey, hold on. Can you hear me? You're clear. All right. Um, I, I mean, I think you'll continue to have the bowl system because you'll still have the teams that don't make the playoff but win enough games because the thing we forget is is bowls originally were always just exhibitions you know they were put on by you know the orange bowl is the orange bowl because it was an exhibition game put on by the orange growers association you know that's what the cotton bowl was you know that the peach bowl you know we've seen them as they become these just massive you know money-making things but i think they'll still exist because someone will still pay to put them on now, what I do think will happen is I think you'll see a lot more opt-outs. You know, if, if I'm a consensus first-round draft pick on a team that's not in the playoff, I'll probably skip my bowl game. Well, and I guess the other question now becomes, if we're setting this up where every team's got a chance at a playoff in your system where you've got, you know, auto bids essentially for conference champions – does this make it easier for a Power 5 team program to recruit now that, or maybe even an AAC if they decide to allow the lower tier conferences to get auto bids now that they know they could actually be playing for a uh, championship? 
mean, I think it could. Um, I don't really expect it to do all that much, you know, because as we've seen with recruiting, it's still kind of, you know, you look at the top 25 rankings in recruiting for the past decade, and you kind of see a lot of the same teams. Like, you may see one or two teams pop. You know, Ole Miss had a good run for a year or two. You know, you'll see some teams pop in and out of the bottom. But, you know, Georgia's always going to be there. Alabama's always going to be there. Anab's always going to be there. LSU's always going to be there. You know, you're all those teams are always going to recruit the way they recruit. And that's my thing about recruiting is I think, I think a lot of recruiting is way more static than we're willing to admit. You know, like you can get a really, really good recruiter at a middle tier school who may have a little bit of success, but you know, like South Carolina, you know, they've hired Shane Beamer, who's supposed to be this recruiting guru and this great recruiter. But I mean, do you ever expect to see South Carolina sign a top ten class? Uh, some a lot of things would have to change. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I guess what I'm saying is I I think that. You know, it's kind of like the, the biggest, like, unspoken, but everyone knows it thing about college football is that at the beginning of every season, there's maybe 10 schools that can win a national title, and that's it. Yeah, so you don't even feel like the NIL changes that as much either. No, because, again, I think, I think if, if it's all about brand leverage, I mean, if you're a, a high school recruit, why wouldn't you go to Alabama or AM or Georgia or Ohio State? Like, why would you go to the Missouris or the South Carolinas or the Georgia Tech or the like the next step down, even though it's built P5, you're not going to get the same kind of exposure. You know, ESPN's not going to do everything they can to slobber all over your team or your conference. Why, why can't it just be because you're a masochist and you just like suffering? Is that, why is that so I mean, that, that, that could be a reason too, I guess, but... <laughs> I, I guess, Artem, do you have any feelings about... Uh, I guess how the playoff should be set up. It sounds like they want to do a 12-team playoff, and they, I don't think there's been any hard determination about the auto-bid system. Uh, Arden, do you have any preference on how they should set this up? Oh, I'm pretty sure they're going to set it up to where there's some auto-bids, but the rest of the teams are kind of going to be like the, the ray of hope, right? They're going to tell you that any team can really make one of those last, whatever, three, four, five, six slots. But what's actually going to happen is they're going to do the same thing they did before and the same reason that these uh, athletic directors are pushing more um, more adoption of the system is to get more of their teams in to make more money. So it's going to be one of those where every once in a while some school that you didn't think should will make it, but it will be more for the reason, you know, like, like you guys said, maybe it will be South Carolina or a school like Mizzou or something. It won't be a UCF or SMU, unless they outperform and it's just, you know, actually in some seasons it's even been where like everybody knows UCF is good and should be there, but they still don't make it. There's still that hope that the next year maybe they could. That was a, while, a thing uh, for a while with TCU until they got to the Big 12, right? Because uh, they were uh, part of the uh, group of five conferences. Uh, but, I, I always think that. I always think of huh? Boise State personally, but yeah. Yeah, Boise State as well. I, I just don't think... I think they'll leave it purposely vague to keep the hope there, but I, I really do think those last spots are going to be for another SEC school, for another Big Ten school, and for those Power Five conferences to really keep growing that gap. Uh, but it won't be explicit that the group of five team that can't, can't make it or will make it. Yeah, and then we get into the whole conversation about does the Pac-12 deserve whatever, whatever. Anyway, uh, 
Andrew, do you have any thoughts? I mean, you were already kind of laying out your format. Do you want to go ahead and get into detail about it? No, because I don't think I, it's what I want to happen, but it's not, it's not it's not what's going to happen. Because, like Artem kind of said, if you're the SEC, why do you want to create a path for a TC or for a, an SMU or a UCF or a Cincinnati to get into the playoff? I mean, your ultimate goal is to try to restrict it as much as possible to your teams. It's why. Uh, and I was actually talking with a friend of mine last night about this is it would not surprise me if in the next decade we see the SEC and maybe the Big Ten or at least the big schools in the Big Ten as well as you know the Clemson's the Florida State's the USC's break off into their own division Uh, so essentially they do the Super League thing with yes do you think Okay, so here's my question, because obviously we saw the uproar where that happened in England. Do you feel like college football fans would actually be upset if those programs broke off? Like, I mean, I think I think they would be mildly upset, but I don't think that it would be to the level of, of what we saw from the Super League in Europe. Because, uh, again, I think that it's really easy to sell it to your fan base. You know, you're like, hey... We're Alabama, you know, we're going to play Ohio State every year. We're going to play USC every year. You know, we're still going to play Tennessee every year. We're still going to play Auburn every year. We're still going to play LSU every year. But we're going to add these other big-time games, you know, so you don't have to pay $60 to come see us play Samford. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to put it past them. I, I think with the wrangling that the SEC is doing, the other thing that we have seen is how – little power the NCAA has to stop uh, big conferences from kind of assimilating and uh, taking over smaller or weaker conferences. I don't know. Well, it's it's the interesting thing that I don't know if you've read a lot about the fact that the Big 12 has sued ESPN. Uh, that, um, I think they're attempting. Did they actually? No, they, they, have, they have filed suits and they have filed cease and desist orders because they are alleging and again, alleging that ESPN has been a driving behind the scenes factor in pushing Texas and Oklahoma to leave, as well as pushing other teams to try to leave, like Kansas to the Big Ten, because if the Big 12 ceases to exist, Oklahoma and Texas don't have to pay the $150 million exit fees. Right. So they're trying to essentially make that. Which, you know, I think the Big 12 kind of, to an extent, has a point. Like, they're trying to kill the conference. Well, and I think you are kind of right in a sense. ESPN, it is a conspiracy theory, but it's not an unreasonable one. Like, I think ESPN would definitely profit from that. Because they're getting more. I don't think they have a direct uh, deal with the Big 12. So, yeah, with their deal with the SEC, bringing in more people. That definitely benefits them. And I know there was also a discussion about uh, the American Conference. They're trying to bring – collude with the American to bring Big 12 teams over. And, uh, yeah, I, I know that the conference director for the American had to come out and make a statement to say, no, we have not been working with ESPN, <laughs> which makes you only wonder. Maybe they have been. I don't know. But uh, I'm sorry, Artem. We kind of left you out to dry. <laughs> It's all good. It's like that coach that's like, 
Yeah, I'm not leaving for that bigger school that would change. <laughs> like, right before the game he plays, and then it, his team performs like shit, and then on Monday they're, like, announcing him as the new coach. Uh, Everybody was, knew it. Who was the coach that said, like, the only way I'm leaving XYZ school is in a body bag, and then, like, a week later he took another job? <laughs> Every coach ever. Was that? Oh, <laughs> oh God. Like, one of them, like, explicitly said that. Was that Tommy Tuberville at Ole Miss? I was actually thinking that it was uh, – I'm blanking on his name right now, but the current old Miss coach when he was at Tennessee, I thought that was him. But... Kiffin would do that, though. <laughs> oh, my – I could totally see Kiffin saying something like that. <laughs> but anyway, uh, no, it might have no, no, been no, – no, 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 no. What it was was it was um, Tommy Tuberville said they'll have to carry me out of here in a pine box talking about <laughs> leaving old Miss. That was what it was about. I, I learned... Uh, I'm not... This really doesn't have to do with the college football conversation. I learned Tommy Tuberville is now a senator for Alabama. He is, he is, he is one of the two senators for the great state of Alabama. And uh, I was just like, that's the most Alabama thing ever. Just the idea that, like, if somebody saw uh, an ex-coach's uh, name on a fucking ballot, they'd just be like, all right, fine, fuck uh, it. Tom, Tom Osborne uh, spent multiple... Uh, terms as a U.S. House rep from the state of Nebraska, and I believe ran for governor and lost. <laughs> I'm surprised he lost. Damn. Damn. Uh, I mean, yeah, it, it does seem like the vultures are kind of going around, but that's the other thing that I took away from this conference realignment. I mean, if we're getting back to that, it seems like ESPN and external parties that are not you know, the actual college football NCAA association, they don't, they have way too much power over this. And again, it does all come back to money, but I, I kind of am getting to the point where it's like, does the, does the government need to step in the, to keep these guys from like essentially break to keep, I know, Andrew, you're against this, but I'm like, does somebody need to step in to keep uh, media companies from essentially splitting the college football landscape up how they want it. It's kind of crazy. It really isn't about the college football landscape, though. It's about some of these small towns thrive on people coming to them and the Baylors of the world. And, I mean, they're not hurting, right? They're private colleges. But there's a couple out there that are still public, like um, Oklahoma State, um, who the hell is (laughs) Kansas. They, They thrive on people visiting their school in their state. And that brings in a ton of money. So that was the big deal during COVID was when we didn't have fans that not only um, kind of made the, the atmosphere worse, changed the field conditions, whatever, it also prevented and you know the obvious ticket money. Those people then go spend that money in the city and buy food, and it keeps the economy going all around the city. So now you're saying you know these Texas fans, these OU fans that would travel to all these uh, schools because they're all in, all a lot of them are nearby within the state of Texas or Oklahoma, really close um, drive, they're now no longer going to do that because your conference went from, like, existing to being like, eh, we we don't know if we exist. So really you're changing the economy of those cities and the economies of those states. So what you're seeing is those legislators that are coming out, they're legislators for their area. So they're doing what their people expect them to do, and that's like, hey, these people are about to mess up our whole environment and all this money that's coming into our schools. Like, we don't care if it's good for them or that's 
their best choice, you need to go stop this shit so we can get our economy back on track or find make it hard for them to do so so we can get enough money in the next four or five years uh, to figure it out. Because one of the things I saw was they were trying to sue them and be like, that's fine, you can leave now, but uh, no, 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 was, you can't leave and now we're also going to take your money that you were going to make. <laughs> and that was like one of the deals that SEC and the Big 12 were like, that's fine, you just... Yeah, you'll still keep playing here until 2025, and we'll keep we'll take all your money and split it up between us while we figure out who to bring in. Because uh, I know I've been talking for well, a while. Well, that's interesting. There, there was one more point where they were like, essentially, you know, when a bank gets to a certain state, it's too big to fail, and the government will always save it. The Big 12 is like that. Uh, so there was a lot of talk originally of, like, the Big 12 breaking up, but apparently in its bylaws, um, and in NCAA's bylaws, the NCAA won't allow the Big 12 to break up. Yeah, but how much power does the NCAA actually have to stop it? I mean, people keep saying all these things about bylaws, but, I, I mean, what's what influence does the NCAA actually have? I'm sorry, I cut you off, Andrew. I think you had a point to make. Well, I was saying, and the interesting thing you're talking about, Artem, is, is the idea of the grant of rights. And, and it's a very interesting way to somewhat keep teams from leaving. So the big talk, you know, the ACC... Currently, all of their teams' grant, grants of rights are wrapped up through, like, 2036. And the way I had it explained to me, and, I, and if any of our listeners know more about this, please let us know, because I could be way off. But what grant of rights would cause is, say Clemson all of a sudden said, you know what, screw it, we're joining the SEC. And Clemson left, paid the $50 million exit fee, and joined the SEC next year. Well, apparently, all money made from Clemson home games and all TV revenue from Clemson games would still go to the ACC and would continue to go to the ACC until the grant of rights expired in 2036 or were bought out. Right, which is why it's significantly harder for for a team to leave the ACC. Yeah. That's why all those rumors last week where people were like, Oh, by the way, uh, Clemson and so and so has reached out to uh, the SEC. And... I'm sure they kicked the tires, but well, I first off, the guy who made that comment uh, is notoriously full of shit. I mean, uh, and second, second off, I do like that the AD was just like reached out afterwards and was like, "No, we haven't." But the the statement that he released basically could have been like, "Yeah, somebody talked with the SEC." Somebody from the program talked to the SEC, and it's like, that could be anything. That could be, like, Joe... like Andrew reaching out to one of us, like a fan of the ACC talking to the fan <laughs> of the SEC. What could be, like... They just looked up the fan part. What could have been, like, a fucking janitor or somebody just called them up and be like, hey, what are your facilities like over there? I don't know. Incredible. I think I already, I... Talked, I think I already talked with you, Artem, but my fan theory is that they saw that Texas A&M being pissed off about Texas didn't stop Texas from joining. So somebody at Clemson or Florida State was like, so say when our contract runs out, are y'all going to let South Carolina and Florida stop us? We're, that's not going to be an issue, right? <laughs> like, I don't know. But anyway, so sorry. you. What were you saying, Andrew? Um, some more fun Tom Osborne facts. He has a Ph.D. <laughs> I love how we're now just talking about Tom Osborne. Look, man. Who the hell is Tom Osborne? He was the uh, he 
was the head coach at Nebraska. Yeah, Nebraska head coach. From uh, 1973 to 1997. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He was really, really, really good. <laughs> back, back when the program was fantastic, yeah. Yeah, really, 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 really good. Listen to our podcast about the fall uh, of Nebraska. Nebraska. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so... With all that out of the way, I mean, this conference realignment has junked up so much stuff. But I do think that I, I think that now that they've Texas and Oklahoma have kind of gone, I think this will probably put a hold to the playoff expansion at least for this year, uh, or at least for you know approval this year. Just because I think people are going to look at it and they're going to be like. The Big 12 is now going to vote no, and I don't know how the ACC and the Big 10 are going to feel about it, given that this is clearly the SEC trying to expand their influence. But i that's just my opinion. I don't know. It'll happen eventually. From I just, what I read, it's supposed to be like a rubber stamp in a couple weeks because um, they're pretty much shitting on um, the Rose Bowl. I'm going to treating it a little bit ago. Uh, the Rose Bowl is apparently making a big deal about we always play on this date at this time. And they're like, well, if we're doing a 12-team playoff, we need more bowls and we'll have to rotate them, and you can't choose when you play because they get to choose. Right. So they're just throwing that out there. But it sounded like it was just a rubber stamp until it's approved. But So it should be approved in a couple weeks. We'll I see. don't think it'll happen this year. Maybe next year. No, I just don't know that it'll get approved this year. But we'll find out. I mean, we'll see. Uh, if ESPN has anything to say about it, it's going to get a break. Clearly, clearly ESPN's got a bigger say than uh, all these other forces. And yes, last... it, it's, it's evil Mickey Mouse. He's like, an, you know that, that South Park episode where he's in the back, he's like, ah! They ruined, they ruined Star Wars, and now they're going to go ruin college football. I see how it is. Um, any last thoughts, Andrew, before we get on to uh, our uh, games we're looking forward to? Just fumbling through Tom Osborne facts. I'm pretty sure I've read his Wikipedia page like seven times. Okay, fine. Uh, so, since uh, we're talking about Tom Osborne, I don't know what that transition is. Uh, so, does Nebraska have any good games this year? That's what. That, yeah, that's what I should have let off with. Anyway, so talking about top games uh, coming up in the 2021 season. Uh I think the big one that I think is on everybody's list right now, everybody has Georgia versus Clemson highlighted, which is actually the first week of the season. Um, So that's kind of the big one that's on everybody's mind. But I can go ahead and read some off, or Artem, if you've got any that you've got in mind that you're looking forward to, go ahead and list them out. Oh, my gosh. I got a bunch. I actually missed the Clemson-Georgia one, apparently, when I was writing them down. I don't know if I did that. I mean, there's, there's too many good ones. Um, I feel like with the NIL stuff out there, it's going to be really funny because all these schools spend the last what, five or six months talking a bunch of crap about how much money they're going to make. But the thing is, you usually make more money when you win. So all these promises that these kids are hearing about, oh, you're going to come here, you're going to get this much money, it, it'll be funny to see how it's impacted by their actual win-loss record. There's a bunch of opportunities out there. Um, week one, I mean, there's the Notre Dame FSU game. Uh, really, 
I think that Dark Horse favorite that I'm going to watch is going to be LSU versus UCLA. Because it's going to be, oh my gosh, what's that coach's name? The guy that was at Oregon, blinking out. Andrew, oh. Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly. So Chip Kelly's in like a decent year now. Like he's had plenty of time to put his system in. They're putting in a lot of points. They just can't stop anybody either. So all their games last season were super high scoring. And now they're going to play LSU first game out. And I think the LSU fans are going to get caught with their foot in their mouth because their starting quarterback just broke his uh, non-throwing arm, um, like the large bone in it, and he's out for like the first eight weeks. So it's going to be a true freshman at LSU with almost like they they had the tight end left who was the number to one tight end like two years ago, but he's transferred. So no wide receivers that we have heard of or know of because they've been drafted at this point and a completely new offensive line. It's going to be really funny to watch. Uh, then you got Bama, Miami, Northwestern, Michigan State. It's going to be fun because um, I think Michigan State might actually win. Ohio State, Minnesota is one I'm looking forward to. And then my other kind of funny game to watch is going to be Nebraska versus Illinois. Uh, just because Illinois actually stacked quite a bit of talent last three, four years. I, I hope. Um, are you serious? We keep saying that. Are you, Are we allowed to say that? A Nebraska fact, that game is on the 28th of August, so it's actually a week before Labor Day, so the regular season starts. Because for some reason, the Big Ten decided to be like, oh, we'll just play a game that Saturday for shits and giggles. And Brett Bielema is the new head coach at Illinois. <laughs> he doesn't have to find boys that have been fed. He will have them on that team already. <laughs> I forgot that Bert took that job. Gosh, it's gonna be funny to watch. Um, he's gonna he's gonna run it. He's gonna run the ball. I don't know if they'll throw it at all in the game. He probably found some seven hundred pound lineman. And he'll block like five people at once just by spreading his hands out. So, um, so on a non football related note, I did have to look up to make sure there weren't any good games on the weekend of October twenty second. I don't know. Uh, maybe Andrew knows the uh, reason for that. But yeah, there actually isn't a whole lot going on that weekend. I don't don't actually know the reason for that. Uh, Dune release date. You know, I am cautiously... Cautiously pessimistic? (laughs) Uh, You know, I I, I waffle between the two. I don't know. The trailers make it look really good. I don't know. Yeah, but I I have... I want so much from it that I know I didn't get. (laughs) Yeah, you're, you're a hard sell. Your heart sell. But there's twenty. Uh, October twenty first is uh, a Thursday, so you miss a couple crappy games. No, it's o- October twenty second. But yeah, it's a Friday. I think the only game that day is Washington at Arizona. That weekend. That's gonna be garbage. That whole. Someone, someone got fired. I don't even know who the coach at Arizona is anymore. <laughs> it's a. Uh, um, is it Jed Lowry? I don't know. Weren't, they the, weren't they the one that I was like, why in the hell did they hire that guy? I don't know. This is like... Jed Fish. Oh, yeah. They, okay, so get somebody. But yeah, that was one. I remember when they hired him, I was like, why the, did they hire that guy? Who the fuck he's is the, this guy? <laughs> like, he's, uh, what's his face? The NFL co- the coach's son, uh, also named Fish. Okay. Gosh, what's his name? I got it. Oh, I got to take it all back because apparently Ohio State at Indiana is that weekend. So, mm. so I think Ohio State's going down. I don't know. 
Unless it goes down at week two versus Oregon. And there's or also U- versus Minnesota. There's also USC at Notre Dame, but who cares about that? Oh, Dad, I forgot Tennessee at Alabama. Wow. And yeah, it's the third Saturday in October. <laughs> yeah, but but uh, but Alabama's gonna fucking crush them. There's nothing interesting about that. Yeah, it's like yes. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, LSU at Ole hey, Miss. Josh maybe. Heupel's the head coach there. That might be Heupel. 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 There's all these moves that we miss. I don't know if you guys saw, but uh, South Carolina got a new head coach, too. Yeah, they, got, like, they got Shane Beamer. I knew they fired what's his, uh, Muschamp, who now is on the field again. He was hired by Georgia as a defensive assistant, and then their, their uh, special teams coach was addicted to Adderall and is now in rehab. So they're like, oh, is that, is that why he resigned? That's what I, that's what I heard. Oh. It says just, you know, quote unquote, health issues, which I'm sure rehab would be health issues. Adderall rehab. Adderall. Well, he was the guy that was the strength coach at Alabama, right? That, yeah, that name does sound <laughs> Okay, so we have gotten pretty far off topic, but uh, Andrew, do you have any games you're looking forward to? Sorry. Um, I haven't really looked at, at like a ton of the whole schedule, so I'm not sure what all is there. Um, I am going to watch on September the 2nd. I'm going to watch the Citadel at Coastal Carolina. And then I'm going to watch Coastal Carolina against Kansas you know, a week later to see if Coastal can go 3-0 and against Kansas. Um, I think they would. I, I don't know why they wouldn't. Andrew. I'm going to L-U-P you. Georgia Tech versus Kennesaw State week two. Oh, we're going to lose. That's week two. We're absolutely I think that's like the one game he doesn't want to watch. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, that game That game is on, um, like, Valley Sports or, you know, like what used to be Fox Sports Regional, and YouTube TV doesn't carry it, so I have made. So tell me, I've got two. Tell me if either of these interest you. Okay, so November 6th, Liberty at Old Miss. Um, we're looking at the whole schedule. I thought we were looking at week one and two. No, nah, we can look at the whole schedule. Come on, man. We can. I wanted to pick out week one and two because there's a lot of good games early on, but we can do no, the you whole gotta schedule. you got to pick out week one and two for now because there's too many good games. Oh. Like, Okay, fine. So what are we looking at? Week two, we got Oregon at Ohio State, and we got Washington at Michigan. I think those are the two big ones. Stanford at USC, BYU-Utah rivalry. Um what? You got Arkansas welcoming Texas to the SEC. Is this actually Iowa. a is this actually a thing? Alabama is playing Miami on the first week. Yes. Do, is that going to be any good? I don't think so. Right. It's be fun because Miami's been telling everybody how good they are. <laughs> I mean, Derek King is getting paid way too much because, like, what? Andrew, what do people like about Derek King? I I still don't understand it. Artem, what? Shorter RG3. He's not that good. I don't get it. He runs really fast, and sometimes he can throw the ball deep, and if you have a really fast guy, he might catch up with it because it's so off. No. Like, if Derrick King was at OU, he would probably be awesome because OU quarterbacks don't really have to be accurate to score touchdowns. They just throw it up. He was legit at Houston. Oh, was he? Okay. He was, yeah. yeah. I mean, he was pretty good last year for Miami. Before he got hurt, he threw for 2,600 yards, 23 touchdowns, and only five interceptions. Okay, so maybe he's got a point there. All right. 
fair enough. I don't know. I really didn't have a lot of expectations. I, so I guess my question for you, Andrew, is do you think that actually makes them able to win? Though? No, they're not going to beat Alabama. But, <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. Um, no, but back, I want to go back to that Liberty uh, at Ole Miss. Yes, I am all about that. I did not know that game was happening. That's uh, way down the line. That's a November somebody, 6th. Somebody needs to get Hugh Freeze's pimp back on the phone. And interview him because it'll be freeze going back to Oxford. <laughs> Which is gonna be funny. No, I do. Be incredible. Since we're since we're back on the whole schedule, really quick, the second one I was gonna throw out there. Uh, this one's not as interesting, but Cincinnati at Notre Dame, October seventh. You're, you're right. It's not interesting. Let's go back to Ole Miss's no. poor defense playing against Liberty, who was like decent last year. Was a really good quarterback in Malik Willis. I actually know. I mean, I think if Cincinnati can win, that would be a huge win for Cincinnati. Uh, if they can beat. Yeah, if they can beat Notre Dame at home, that would be big. I don't know. Liberty. Okay, fine. Artem, what do you actually think about Liberty at Ole Miss? You keep jerking me around, man. So what do you actually think about this? Like, because Lane Kiffin's going to lose his damn mind. We know that much. He's going to. Oh, for sure. And they're both so creative, right? The thing about Ole Miss last year, they they definitely put up a fight against Alabama, but what you also found out about Ole Miss is they have no defensive tackles. So you could run on them for days. I think our running back went for like eight or nine yards a carry, and so did everybody else in the SEC against them. And they really didn't recruit well to get any depth for that defensive tackle position. I think they got like one guy that was a four-star or higher. And he was a good guy, but... It takes two. You need at least two people in that position. And if they get hurt, they have nobody. So playing Liberty, uh, where they both like strategically scheme against one another, it's going to be a fun game to watch, and it might be really close. Dude, how do we feel... I am kind of keep dragging us off this gaming thing, but, like, so the NIL, how does that affect religious schools like Liberty? Like, are they going to get, like... Christian sponsorships for all their kids? I'm, I'm sure Jerry Falwell will be like, hey, here's some money. I'm a big fat old guy. <laughs> Jesus is going to come down and put a golden chest in front of uh, you. Can we, can we have like a no-holds-barred cage match between BYU Jesus, Liberty Jesus, and Notre Dame Jesus? Can we, get, can we get Baylor Jesus in there? Sure. Fuck it. Except that I'm pretty sure Chip Gaines is Baylor Jesus. <laughs> but that is how I'm kind of looking at this Liberty Ole Miss game. Is I'm like, this is going to be that Baylor Oregon game where they just both scored seventy, and it was just <laughs> insane. <laughs> All right, to get us back on track, um, week two, uh, I got two more games I want. I want to mention that we can talk about them. Iowa versus Iowa State, I think, is going to be fun. There's going to be all that talk about potentially. Is that Farmageddon? I think Farmageddon is, uh, isn't that Nebraska and Iowa? Mm -hmm. No, anyway. I always knew it as El Asico, but to each their own. Yeah. On the other one I was looking for. Farmageddon's Iowa State, Kansas State. Oh, god damn it. There's too many colleges with corns. Too much. (laughs) Uh, and then the other one I was looking at was TCU Cal because that was the bowl that we got. I think I don't think it was last year, but it was the year before. And it was like eight interceptions in the game, and five of them were like back to back. And the final score was like total of thirteen points. It was like 
seven to six or something crazy. So that's week two. Looking forward to seeing that again because I, I think it's the same coaching staffs in both. Yeah, it was. It was like it was. It was the Cheez It Bowl, right? It was ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. That'll be fun. Oh my god! Oh yeah, week two is where you get Kansas at Coastal Carolina. Jesus. God damn it. I feel bad for Kansas, man. Like, what happened there? They just could not get off the ground. They're just bad. Pittsburgh at Tennessee is week two. I could see Pitt winning that. Um, Um, Yeah, I'm I'm really not finding any other. Buffalo and Nebraska might be pretty interesting, but Buffalo lost their head coach. Uh, I think other... Oh, Air Force Navy's week two. Wow, that's how quickly we kick it off, I guess. Yeah, that's really, that's really early for the CNC. Hmm. Yeah, that does seem a little odd, but no. I think uh, other than that, if y'all want to touch yeah, on any... Texas, Arkansas. Oh, NC State, Mississippi State might be interesting. Yeah, that one could be fun, cause especially because NC State's really coming up. But I don't know what Mississippi State's program is yeah, kind of looking either. like. They don't have enough cowbells right now. That's true. NC State is one of those that's like good every three years, right? And it's about to be year three because we, we destroyed them. We destroyed them two years ago. So this is their their new guys should be becoming juniors and seniors. Yeah, they finally developed. and They've got a quarterback. The pirate. Uh, I'm looking forward to a lot of these games. Uh, do we have any rivalry game matchups? Not necessarily in the first two weeks, but... Anything we're really looking forward to this year in particular? Iowa, Iowa State in the first two weeks, if we're going to call it out. Yeah, that'll be a good one. I I just want to see Michigan get punched in the mouth by Ohio State one more time. Just to... Just to I mean, sh- it's probably going to happen. Just to shut Harbaugh up. Like, what is his um, deal? Anyway. Uh, you know, I'd like Navy to beat Notre Dame. That'd be pretty cool. I would like everyone to beat Texas. Is that an option? Do they have any other rivalries in the Big 12 other than Oklahoma? I think, I think, I think Texas is one of those teams where like, everyone else thinks that they're, they're a rival with Texas. But like, Texas thinks they're not a rival with anybody? Yeah, you know, you know like, it's kind of like how the SEC, like, everyone thinks they're a rival to everyone else, but then there's some that are bigger than others. You know, like, Georgia, Florida is a way bigger deal than, like, Georgia, South Carolina. Yeah. But South Carolina would somewhat consider Georgia a rival. Yeah, like A and M is supposed to be cross uh, cross uh, division rivals with South Carolina, which makes we demolish them every year since we've gotten in the SEC. It makes so like, no sense. For them, sense. it's a rivalry, and we're like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> that's that's like the UConn UCF rivalry, where you just like what y'all just like shake hands and agree that's a rivalry. Isn't that the civil conflict? <laughs> yeah. Which, like, I think two years after UConn was just like, we don't have a football team anymore. Get the fuck out of here. I'm just, I'm just still mad that they, the Big Ten refuses to recognize the $5 bits of broken chair trophy <laughs> between Minnesota and Nebraska. I think, uh, okay, is there any team that we think Rutgers can uh, beat this year? Michigan State? Maybe? Like, I don't know. What is Rutgers? Who else is on Rutgers? I think we lost you, Logan. Temple? Uh, Syracuse might be horrible again. Yeah. Delaware. Yeah, Dino, Dino 
Babers might be coaching for his job this year. Do we think Maryland is bad enough that Rutgers could beat them? Like, no, because what's no. Space's brother is down there. No, Maryland, the Maryland actually should be pretty good this year. I go by Loa. Well, so that's what I was talking about. Like, did you see like the weirdness that the Big Ten decided to do for the first week? So they play Illinois, Nebraska on the twenty eighth, and then they start playing on like Thursday. I hate it Whatever. when I hate it when conferences do that crap. Like, well, it's because nobody else is playing that time. So if you like have a big game, everybody sees yeah, you. Big Twelve used to do that. Well, I mean, they made us do that with Virginia Tech, and it really stood out in my mind when I watched those games, but it only stood out because I was like, why the fuck are we playing this game on a Thursday? This doesn't make any yeah. sense. You know what we should start doing as part of our cast for, like, the weekly ones? Look up the cheapest tickets and then talk about that game. Oh, I'd be, like, I'd be down like, for that. Uh, week one, <laughs> Rice versus Arkansas at Arkansas is $6. No, we got it. Oh, 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 oh quick, quick question, though. Which Arkansas stadium is that at? I'm confused. <laughs> no, so, no, so Arkansas actually has two different stadiums. Razorback Stadium, Fayetteville. Nice, that's in Fayetteville because they also have um, War Memorial Stadium in Little Rock. Wow. Where I think they play like one or two games a year in Little Rock. So, I'm going right. to... Cheapest game I'm seeing week one is East Tennessee State versus Vanderbilt. $3. What? I would have that game if I still lived in, in Nashville. For the, for the nosebleeds, I assume. Like, how far up are the nosebleeds in I, that like, stadium? I, well, I mean, Vanderbilt doesn't really have nosebleeds. The stadium's only, like, one level. Okay. So. Yeah, so, I mean, that's pretty good just to show up, I guess. I mean, it's certainly cheaper than a movie ticket. Although, I don't know if you'll get a memorable game out of it. I, just to con... Just to con... Just to contrast, I want to quickly do the most expensive game. I don't know if this is, but I pulled up the Clemson-Georgia game week one. Uh, starting at $250. Yep. Would you pay $250 to go no. to that game? No. Yeah, I live down the street from Bank of America Stadium. That's so. half of your season pass, probably, right? Like, A&M season I, tickets are like their, their season... I, the Clemson season tickets are going for four hundred and thirty dollars. It is more than half. And I bet it, and I bet it doesn't include that game. No, because no, it's because it's, it's a neutral site. Yeah. Yep. So and oh, then it does it's in Charlotte. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, like I said, it's decked down the street from my house. So I guess the other question: so if you knew Clemson was going to win that game, hundred percent, you knew. I, I would absolutely go and get in a fight. <laughs> so you wouldn't would buy it. I would wear every bit of purple and orange humanly possible. <laughs> All right, fair enough. I do like – I'm looking at the next three weeks, though. So you've got Georgia v. Clemson in Charlotte, $250. The next game, South Carolina State Bulldogs at Clemson, $17. <laughs> and then Georgia Tech at Clemson, $109. I, I would not pay $109. <laughs> To watch us get our asses kicked? Nah, man. You know, we should be better. We should lose 70-7 to again. But it's not going to be close. Uh, Yeah, don't get my hopes up, man. Uh, Hey, Jacksonville State versus Florida State. Florida State either almost lost or lost that game last season. Seven bucks. Not bad. That's my bouncer game in Tallahassee. 
I mean, they have gone downhill a lot, so. Oh, yeah, man, that uh, Clemson Tigers game. So, do y'all want to go, what do y'all want to say, what do y'all want to guess for the Alabama v. Miami game? It's it's probably a it's probably a hundred and something because it's a it's a is it in Atlanta? It's in the bins. It is. Oh yeah. So Artem, you got a guess? Yeah, hang on, I'm scrolling to find it. I'll guess as soon as I. Oh, she's just gonna fucking look it up. A hundred and twenty-four dollars. Yeah, I I've got it starting at a hundred and twenty-five, but I'm on StubHub, so I don't know. So yeah. I'm I'm on ESPN, so I guess it just pulls from everywhere. Oh wow, you know. I don't know what this says about Miami, but two weeks down the road, the game Alabama at Florida, starting at 165. So they're expecting more people to show up for Florida than they are for uh, Miami. Okay, that's interesting. Uh, but yeah, I think that pretty much wraps us up. We got a lot to look forward to, and I'm oh, definitely um, a game to watch tomorrow uh, as the NBA Summer League opens up. The New Orleans Pelicans against the Chicago Bulls because both. Moses Wright and Jose Alvarado are on the New Orleans Pelicans. Oh, you! I didn't realize. I thought uh, didn't I thought Alvarado got signed to a different team? But that's cool. Uh, Moses was with the Raptors at one time, and I don't know what happened there. But now he is apparently with the Pelicans, and they play the Bulls tomorrow at two p.m. on ESPN two. Okay. Well, I guess I'll have to tune that in. Um, and Artem, we're definitely adding on this segment each week, so you better be ready with those like cheapest tickets facts. Um. All right, guys. Anything else you want to shout out before we head before we uh, end the session? Yeah, um, I'm kind of watching a team this season. Uh, Kent State is supposed to have a top ten offense, supposedly, uh, by a lot of like. I think I read that somewhere. Pundits, and uh, they start off the season at A and M. That's our first game at home. Um, we have a new quarterback we're breaking in, so that might be a close game if our defense can't handle them. But um, they, you know, depending on how that game goes, their first three of the four games they play are at A and M, at Iowa, and at Maryland. So um, you know, if Kansas State doesn't figure it out against us, that's potential upset watch for Iowa and Maryland going forward because the rest of their games are against their conference might be a little easier. But if they beat, you know one or maybe two of the three of those games hell if they win all three uh they could be in some big contention for this year so team to watch yeah i mean that changes things a lot they could go yeah they um they led the country in both scoring at 49.8 points per game and total offense at 606 yards per game last year they could that could set their season up alternatively they could get crushed by all those teams and it wouldn't make a difference but you know Mm -hmm. It's it's always the the possibility is always out there. Andrew, any thoughts before we close out? I'm just excited that we're getting closer and closer to football season. Yeah, I think next week stay on the lookout because I think we're going to go into our more in depth uh, conference predictions. We did a little bit of uh, predicting who was going to win with uh, my dad a few weeks ago, but we'll get a little more in depth with our own teams and what who we're expecting to come out of the conferences. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just excited to know college football is back in full swing, and hopefully we won't have to worry about uh, any teams missing games because of COVID, hopefully. So we'll find out. Yep. All righty. Well, thanks, as always, to our listeners for tuning in. Uh, Y'all have a good rest of your week. If you got any questions, shoot us an email at uh, toemeatleather at gmail.com. 
Until next time, y'all take it easy out there.